Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 128, episode 2 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say, officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers. Fuck, fuck Fox News. Fuck, fuck National Review. Oh, wow. Great. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's Tuesday, April 7th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I'm always alone, drinking Corona with lime, play Animal Crossing to pass the time. I'm wearing a mask for grocery store run. I heard that on Facebook, Trump is number one. Tiger King was okay. Quarantine. <laughs> All right. That is courtesy of Jedza. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co host, Mr. Miles Gray. I was born in the valley with a little hemp. Oh, and just like the valley, I've been burning. Ever since It's been a long Long time coming But I know I'ma face this blood Oh yes I will <laughs> Alright, thank you to John Caruzzi For Beautiful. that wonderful Beautiful. Wonderful change will come Inspired AKA But I'm the Sam Cook of the Valley That's what many people say So thank you so much for seeing that <laughs> I uh, do always that. say that Mm-hmm. When we're walking to lunch back in the day, when we could walk to lunch together, people would shout that at you. Hey, it's the Sam Cook of the Valley. It's the 818 Um, Sam Cook. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have you noticed people overestimating time? Uh, Like I was talking to my parents on FaceTime yesterday and they were like, uh, yeah, and I think it was like three weeks ago this happened. I was like, three weeks ago, you didn't even think the coronavirus was a real thing, Dad. Like, what do you, but like, his, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think just everybody in quarantine, like, quarantine uh, moves a lot slower. Yeah, time dilation ready for is it. a huge thing. Yes. Well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by our guest, Emily Yoshida. Hello, Hello Emily. I love how musical this show has become. There's it has to. It's, it's like know, a musical review. We, I'm so entertained. It's the only thing that makes me feel alive anymore. Um, <laughs> One day we'll sing an entire episode. That'll be the. That's yes. when we know. Be That'll be about day sixty three. I feel like yeah, that's yeah. when we'll get to full musical renditions. Oh, but also <laughs> right. to anyone wondering, Jamie is fine. I know last time Jamie one of fine. us was not here. The, the assumption was they had COVID. No, she's she's. I think she had like a <clears throat> winning scratcher, so she has thing. to go. Oh, oh, is that what happened? I thought she had a winning yeah, lottery yeah. Well, ticket. Well, that's what I mean. Here. I mean, she's yeah, she does the lottery for for a living. And she yeah. had a meeting with uh, Destiny, I believe, is how she put it. Um, <laughs> That's what she calls it when she goes to buy Scratch. <laughs> when she goes, yeah, she has a meeting with Destiny. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, I'm late for maybe. <laughs> is that a Zoom or a FaceTime or how does that work? <laughs> yeah, right. And I think it's just a straight yeah. physical walk to the liquor store to go buy some yeah. Scratchers. Yeah, they're still open. Necessary services. Yeah. Um, Emily. Hi. Uh, how have you been doing during <clears throat> during this time? Oh, you know, uh, 
It's an extraordinary time for all of us. Um, <laughs> listeners of uh, Night Call, which is my podcast. Night Call? That I One of my favorite podcasts in the world. Thank you very uh, much. We're, you guys um, are the best. I feel like we were made for this moment. Like this is sort of yeah, our time to seriously. shine. The, the first week yeah. of this, I was just like, I, I was way too like like uh, putting on my captain's hat or something. I was like, we're going to fucking live stream through this entire thing. We're going to set up a bunker. We're going to like, like I was, I was so into the idea of the night call brand, like coming through for, for everybody, which we, I, I, I think we've, we've upped our content level. So I think, you know, we've been oh, doing yeah. our part, but, but, um, but listeners of that podcast will know that I have been going through a move during all of this, um, yeah. which, I mean, there's a lot of things that are not fun to do uh, in the middle of a global pandemic, but I would say that moving is is is, is, is on the list. There. Yeah. I mean, I'm healthy and, uh, you know, as far as I know, you know, been taking care of myself. I've got food on the table, everything, but uh, but being in a half-completed home is, is not great right now, and that's the only place you can be. <laughs> Yeah, is that um, is that motivating you to like unpack more or quicker? Or I mean, what phase of you in the move-in are you exactly? Oh, it's such a long, boring story. But most of my stuff is in a storage unit right now oh, that it. I'm not. It's on the other side of the country, so I have not um, sent for that yet, and I kind of feel bad about sending for it right now. But yeah, it'll it'll. It'll be a it'll be a while. So a, a yeah. lot of it is like I don't want to buy doubles of everything that I already own. So it's just that kind of thing. Um, oh, balancing <clears throat> act of like not completely wasting because you know you have it, but then not wanting to put people and at risk to get yeah. your whisk over here yeah. in time. But yeah. you need a whisk. Yeah, yeah and as time <laughs> goes by, the whisk becomes like you know this holy grail that you you didn't realize you couldn't <laughs> right. live without. Like all right. things right now. Like, I can't um, get these egg whites to properly stand. <laughs> Oh man, I didn't even have eggs until like earlier this week, so I'm feeling very eggs blessed. Eggs were about one that. of the items. Yeah. They were one of the items that everybody was like, get the fuck out of my way. Yeah. Um, I found some at, um, you know, it's been great that a lot of restaurants in LA have been doing these groceries. So I got some from Cafe Tropical. Shout out Cafe Tropical, one of the best places in Silver Lake. Um, and they were doing groceries and had eggs there. So I was, I was happy about that. But yeah. That is it's a great been, cafe. Yeah, it's great. Good call. Yeah, um, shout, shout out to people who are providing eggs and meat, especially. Shout out to the listener and homie American Butcher who is sending me some posts from what it's like as a butcher right now. Oh my like gosh. getting yeah. ground beef and breaking down as much beef as possible because those things are flying off the shelves. And oh, these people sure. are like, you know, they're putting in hours. It's amazing, too. Again, we realize all of the things like we just immediately go, oh, yeah, essential means grocery store and hospital and now yep. we're like right. truckers butchers mm -hmm. everything like it's just mm -hmm. you truly realize and again we say this like maybe every episode but we hope at the end of this we begin to realize what essential means and how we actually oh. uh compensate what it totally. means to be an essential worker i mean i want as few people to die from this as possible but if it does make us more conscious of like a supply chain that's a a right. good side effect um yeah, yeah. of an unfortunate how situation works in general yeah um the uh yeah that the thing about restaurants having like still having the same supply chain supplying them with groceries and uh you being able to kind of go to a restaurant that you want to help keep in business and have groceries like 
picked up there or pick yeah. up groceries from them is is something that's happening in LA. I'm assuming it's happening elsewhere. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there was a little bit of friction here and there when like the city was like, you actually don't have a license to act as a grocer. So like they've had to sort of like change things around to make it above board. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I heard think that they in a time were... like this, they'd be, they'd just yeah. be like, yeah, yeah, dude, please survive and distribute food as needed. Yeah, I heard yeah. that they were possibly shutting those down. And it, it seems like I, I was just checking because I have to go out and get food today. And I was like, please, please, please let these people still be selling mm you know onions <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah it's an adventure every day is an adventure it is can't say it it's is. not exciting <laughs> that's right maybe you can i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm trying to imagine how like kids are going to remember this time we're going to talking a little bit about how high school students are going to remember this time but like uh i remember when i was a kid uh like one of the most memorable things that I ever did was we like camped in my backyard and that was like a thing that I was like, Oh man, that was like so cool. Uh, that I just realized that I remembered fondly when you were saying everybody's on a like very boring camping trip, uh, Uh (laughs) during the quarantine. But, uh, yeah, you can always, Maybe kids will think of this as an adventure. Who knows? Yeah. Um, It's funny. My friend, uh, who's an ICU nurse, uh, she came by like uh, just to like the front of the house with her son. She's got two kids. Shout out Nurse Brittany. Shout out all essential workers with children right now. It's yeah. uh, it's a Seriously. lot. But she was saying like you know her son's three. Like trying to explain because the school that her son goes to for uh, children of essential workers and frontline workers, they have like the school open just so there wow. is some way for them to be taken care of. But like. She sent me a photo of like the classroom because already when they reduced the class size down to just the kids of of uh, people who are essential workers, there's so much space in the room. So all the kids are like maybe fucking 14 feet apart. And like the kids oh, in this wow. photo from the teacher are all looking at the camera like confused. Like, why are we sitting so <laughs> oh far apart? Gosh. But the, yeah. she was just telling her son, she's like, oh, yeah, everyone has like a cold. So we have to wear our masks to protect each other. And her son's like, oh, like a tummy ache. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's got tummy ache. So, and he's like, oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. All right, everyone's yeah. tummy ache. But yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's not quite the same level. Like the weight to them is different. It's just sort of more confusion. It seems like from what I hear from right. everyone's with, yeah. with their kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, Emily, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're gonna tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about. Uh, We are going to talk about America's foremost health expert, Peter Navarro, Mm -hmm. uh, who is actually just a capitalist ghoul who uh, is arguing apparently with Dr. Fauci uh, behind the scenes over a cure that he thinks uh, we should be investing in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are going to talk about the battle uh, in the media over who got this the wrongest uh, between mainstream media and conservative media. We're going to talk about uh, the dumb conspiracy theory linking 5G to COVID-19. Uh, that is a big, big thing uh, right now. Uh, this is a new people one to are, me. <laughs> yeah, people are burning. In the UK, people are burning down cell phone towers uh, because this is a, a big conspiracy theory that's possibly uh, being seeded and uh fan the flames are being fanned by the putin uh government in russia uh because in case you didn't know where putin was from uh because <laughs> they like they know it's destructive and you know just anything to fuck with oh uh, the western God. world 
Uh, uh, we're going to look forward to possibly a, another Tiger King episode. Uh, we're going to, like we mentioned before, talk about high school students and what they're going through and take a look at some of the Dr. Fauci uh, merch, the Fauci wave uh, that we got going on. He's the new uh, like Robert Mueller. Like he's like the new yeah, exactly. like like liberals. They just need a new merch bay. And after right. the Russia thing went completely was a total wet fart, they're like, okay, well, who's next? Oh, Dr. Fauci. Fauci every all Fauci everything now. Everybody needs right. a daddy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. There's a there is a uh campaign being waged online to try to get him named uh, people's sexiest person of the year. Um, oh, Jesus, so, we've truly cool, run out of cool. ideas. No weird issues there. Um, but first, Jesus Emily, Christ. we like to ask our guest, uh, <laughs> so what is something right from now. your search? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's where we're at. Uh, but first, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Well, this isn't about who I am so much, but it was something that came up and I did spend a long time searching this. So, um, again, plugging my show, we recently had Ryan Johnson on a bonus episode of our show to talk about contact, which is a movie that I highly recommend. Uh, yeah, he was great on it. The episode was really fun. Highly recommend everybody go check that out. Um, but we also had, we have a newsletter with night call and, um, we do a questionnaire kind of like the Proustian questionnaire, for um, past and future guests. So we did it with him. And one of the questions on it is, uh, what's a conspiracy theory that you might actually believe in? And he said, uh, he wrote the Tabasco sauce proposition. And I was like, what's that? I have no idea what, what that the is. Fuck? And I Googled forever. I Googled. And so my, my search entry, the last one was Tabasco sauce in quotes, conspiracy. And um, couldn't find anything. Like, I looked through all these mental <laughs> floss articles about, um, like, 10 facts you didn't know about Tabasco sauce and stuff. But nothing scandalous. Nothing that, like, would warrant a conspiracy. And I finally, like, texted him. And I was just like, what is the Tabasco sauce conspiracy? And he's like, I can't tell you. But I'll tell you sometime in person. And I was like, No! <laughs> that is amazing so it's like a mystery that remains unsolved but i did spend a long time trying to figure out what it was um and yeah it it remains a mystery so if anybody knows what it is like let us know give us give us a night call (laughs) or give yeah what 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 do you guys have as the equivalent of night calls here Hmm. just an email yeah we just tweet at us incessantly okay yeah tweet at them incessantly. Um, but i wonder who i'm I mean, what do you think it is? I have a feeling I have an idea of what it. I mean, I don't actually know. I think he's know. fucking with you. I yeah. like that, that yeah. it was originally made from people or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I've I've actually looked at the history of Tabasco sauce for oh because I read uh, at one point that they were thinking about opening a Tabasco sauce museum. Um, oh yeah. And so I was or not a museum, a theme park. Uh, in on the farm on where it was Avery originally island. like made, yeah, on an island, Great uh, which sounded neutral very milk hotel to me. album. By the way, it's called on. It Avery is a, island. yeah. <laughs> is is that the same island? I, th- I, think, I think it probably so. is because yeah. aren't yeah. they both from Louisiana? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So I mean, I I know that Tabasco overestimates its 
place in the cultural firmament, maybe, uh-huh. but I don't, I don't know the, how that leads back to a conspiracy theory. By the way, I do want to say Ryan Johnson is the writer director of Knives Out and yes. uh, a bunch of other really great and movies. The Last Jedi, um, Looper, mm-hmm. great guy. What if it's something to do because I know Tabasco. For them to have the output that they need, they're unable to grow all the requisite peppers on site, and they come from all over the world. Yeah. Like, it's a global mm. effort for them to ship the Tabasco peppers to them to then make the right. sauce. So I wonder if it's something to do with that, because it is a global operation, or the idea around that, like, look, I love Tabasco sauce. I have I feel like it has a place on our tables, but it is so fucking pervasive that I'm a little bit like it maybe Why it's is like it the dominant the one? Like, like Heinz ketchup. I get right. it. Or do we default right. to Heinz ketchup? Sure. But I think I feel like, you know, now that we've had new things like, you know, other f- hot sauces that we could maybe create some space yeah. uh, for the white man of Tabasco sauces, yeah. Tabasco, and just be like, Yeah, you had your time. But yeah. I wonder if there's an agreement right. with all restaurants to be like, no, Tabasco will be the hot no, sauce of it's all really restaurants. Weird. Like maybe that's part of it. Because it does feel like even even hot sauces that are in that family, like Crystal, I think is way better. Oh, Crystal's um, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Like Tabasco is my least favorite hot sauce. I like the green Tabasco. Okay. But it's never going to be my first choice. And it is a little weird that it is like, oh, that's hot sauce. Like there's so many better yeah. options out there. Hmm. I think yes, Tabasco is yeah, yeah. the best for soups. I really like it in soups, but oh, for a chowder, there. chowder, yeah. love it with a chowder or like a creamy bisque. Yeah, sure. Tabasco for me, its place where I love it is breakfast. That's where I. That's where I have the strongest yeah. memory of using Tabasco tied to the meal of breakfast on eggs. That's where I give it its props. But when it comes to other things, like no, nah, I, I leave that shit alone. I have other things. Yeah, uh, other yeah. other ways, but I. Means. Yeah, but a a a hot sauce with more viscosity, uh, I feel like works just as well on eggs. So I I like this as the Tabasco sauce. Like it is suspicious how omnipresent it yeah. is, and definitely deserves. We we need to look into this. I think uh, whether again, that's the conspiracy theory or not. Yeah, the yeah. best part is that Ryan was just trolling. Yeah, and we're Definitely. out here spinning our fucking wheels like, no, nah, this is what it is, man. It's on he every fucking no idea table. the storm he has caused by this one errant right. comment. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, we and then this is like the beginning of a great film too, where three I guess it's a, a film that'll come out in four years where three podcasters get so obsessed with an idea they heard offhand that they actually stumble into a truly uh, disturbing oh, global conspiracy, yeah. and we're like. Like the yeah. Pelican Brief, but for dumbass uh, <laughs> conspiracy theorists. And he comes back and he finally tells us what it is. And it was like, oh, it was just that, you know, it's not made from real peppers or something. And we're like, we've discovered <laughs> right. bodies. We've discovered yeah. mass graves. I'm like, uh, yeah. Miles <laughs> is missing three fingers on one hand. What the fuck, Ryan? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, well, this will be a great way to spend some time over the, you know, next yeah. however long. Yeah. Uh, First, look into Ed, Edmund McElhaney or whatever you say his last name. Yeah. What is something you think is underrated, Emily? Well, you know, it's hard not to limit things to just obviously things that you can do right now. And a lot of people have been posting, you know, having long threads of all the movies that they've been watching. I'm, I'm a former film critic, so a lot of the people on my feed are film people, film Twitter, you might call it. Um, so everybody's sort of like logging all of the stuff that they're watching, which I haven't actually been watching that many movies. Um, 
I could probably count on my hands how many feature length films I've watched since this all began. But um, I have been watching uh, some anime and okay. uh, I have very belatedly like kind of, I feel like this moment was made for it. Been watching death note, which is like, mm. for me was always this thing where I was like, I'm never going to watch that. That's like for like, that was like an mid aughts anime that was, feels very hot topic to me. It feels very like not in my wheelhouse. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't feel like it's taken. I mean, people it has its fans. It's super, super popular, but I don't feel like it's like taken seriously or whatever, but I've been watching it and man, oh man, it is the best thing to be watching during this, during this thing. Like it is, it, 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 it completely takes me away from anything that I'm thinking about uh, that day. And in general, I think just way over the top melodramatic anime is where it's at right, right now for viewing material. Um, yeah. Also, and, uh, like yeah, the the style of Ott's Japanese anime characters, the eyebrows, the eyebrow game, the is sushi on point. hair. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember around that time, I almost wanted to dye my hair like a weird steely gray. Oh like, yeah. To look like like host club, <laughs> like yeah. like thought like right. thirst traps totally. in Japanese host clubs, and I was like. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but that like aesthetic was so strong. Shirt untucked, <laughs> like <laughs> billowing in the wind. Hell yeah! I did go to a. Um, I went to like a host club in Tokyo once for a, an article that I was writing about like theme restaurants in Tokyo. I went. It was called like Butlers. It was like the Butlers <laughs> um, <laughs> restaurant. It was so sad. It was really, really depressing. So you know, can you explain to people what hosts are? Um, so there's like hostess clubs, which is sort of the more common thing, which is, I mean, there are variants of this in a lot of Asian cultures, but it's sort of, you know, it's a, it's a club where basically you're hanging out with your bros and then you can also have a pretty lady come and sit with you. It's sort of like a very, it's like a strip club without the dancing, basically. It's like, Got it. um, Got and it. everybody's and they fully say it's, we offer companionship. Yeah, for, companionship. Mm-hmm. For the wildest markups on bottles of alcohol you've yeah. ever seen in your life. Yeah. And it works the same way. It's like, oh, I'd love to stay, but you know what? Like, I would love that magnum of Dom Perignon. Yeah. Can you yeah. get that yeah. for me? It's only $6,000. And they're like, okay, great. That'll keep you at the table. And then ching, ching, like yeah. the money just starts coming in, coming in, coming in, coming in. So it works for like, yeah, men and women. And it's... There's a there used to be a, a documentary on Netflix that was really interesting about a host club in Osaka that mm. was just about like these host clubs that were competing with each other for like the number one ranking and then like Ooh, the amount that. of alcohol poisoning these hosts get because you know they have to drink along oh the yeah. hustle is getting the person the customer to buy as many bottles of alcohol and you get your cut or whatever from that. But part of that is some half the times the per, the guest doesn't even drink. They just want to see you turn up. And they're yeah. like, oh, my God, could you really drink all this Hennessy right now? They're yeah. like, yeah, watch this. And a lot of these guys get like health problems, too, depending on how much they're drinking. It's the whole scene is very wild. It's really weird. Yeah, I um, I, I can't believe that they I because I, 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 I remember hearing that, that everybody's drinking along. And I, I went to bartending school for a spell because I thought that's how I was, how I was going to make money in college and ended up like getting getting a bartending job in Los Angeles is one of the hardest things. I'd say it's harder than breaking into show business. <laughs> but uh, so I never got a job as a bartender, but I did like learn everything. And one thing that they tell you is like, oftentimes your patrons are going to want to drink with you and just like have a bottle of water that's like looks like an alcohol bottle and be like, okay, I'll drink with you, but I'm going to drink from my like the stuff that I like. 
And then you, you know, mm. take a shot of tequila that's just water. And then every, you, you still feel like they feel camaraderie with you. You just learn how to act like you're taking a shot without taking one. It's like, because, yeah, otherwise you're just going to be drunk on the job all the time. And, and uh, it's super unhealthy. But yeah, yeah, um, you can actually I think it's on Prime. No, you can. I, I there's it's for sure on YouTube. If you just search, it's called The Great Happiness Space. Ooh. is what the documentary is called. I want to watch that. And you know, it's you know, it's like any documentary. It's got good parts and bad parts, but it's a very interesting look into what is seemingly like all fun and like told from the side of like the women who have seemingly endless funds to hang out with these guys to the dudes who are just torturing themselves yeah. to like make money. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Before we get to your overrated, let's take a quick break and we will be right back. And we're back. This is early to to be taking a break in the in the run of show, but I think that Tabasco sauce uh, mystery really. Uh, anytime took, that anytime we have night call bar. hosts, anytime we have night call, yeah, hosts, we, always we go can deep. we can go on tangents that would suddenly a completely rails. different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is something that you think is overrated, Emily? I have so many things I could choose. I mean, Tiger King, <laughs> Tiger King is one of them, but I already uh-huh. went off on our podcast about Tiger King. I, it's, uh, whatever. Um, I'm going to do the really stinky, bitter choice here. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. I think group texts are overrated. Um, mm. <laughs> and that's just mm. because um, I'm just like not somebody who's on a ton of them. But also the ones that I am on, I find it extremely difficult to keep up with. And like, I find it to be like the least passive way to keep in touch with people because like once it starts popping off, you're just like, uh, like, do I need to sit here and watch and wait till I have something to say? Or do I like, like, I don't know. It just feels very, I, I find it to be a very stressful way to keep in touch with groups of people. I would rather just like text one-on-one with people, but then I feel like everybody is on a, some, everybody else is at on a group text or a group chat that I am not on. So I do have this like FOMO somehow, even in the middle of this pandemic where everybody has to stay at home, but I also don't love it like as a mode of communication. So I don't know. That's my, that's my hot take right now. What's well, funny. Yeah. Cause like those group texts, they can get away from you. If, yeah. if suddenly like oh, yeah. everyone's talking, you have to go through 78 fucking texts yeah. because one person was like, I don't know, dude, uh, like I had the McFlurry, the Shamrock one's not bad. And like <laughs> there were 78 texts over an argument over the mint flavor. What the fuck? Uh, my phone kept going off and I thought I was having like nerve yeah. problems in my leg or something. The other, <laughs> the other part is too, is like it can cause like clicks to form within the group. Because some people are more active, and then the less active people are like, hey, man, let's just start our own real quick on the side, because I'm not really fucking with half the shit people are talking about on this one. So it's a very, the group threads create all kinds of interesting dynamics. And I just think like definitely not an efficient. Yeah, texting is hard. Like nowadays, just because I know everybody's not doing anything, if I start texting with somebody, I'm like, let's just get on the phone right now so I can like- put on my headset, wander around. Like I don't have to be like with my thumbs on the phone. And it's like, we can actually do that now because people are just at home for the most part. 
Right. Um, right. Yeah. I would, I love talking on the phone. I, that would be my other underrated thing. Talking on the phone is incredible. I've had some amazing long Ugh. phone conversations with people since this thing has begun and it's great. Like not even Did, FaceTime, like just, I have a just question for the group. Did you ever, cause we are uh, born in the 1980s and then came of age in the nineties and beyond, but did you ever used to do the thing where you would be on the phone with your friend and do homework and you would not talk, but you were on the phone? Like the phone line was open and you would just kind of be there and be yeah. like, hey, dude, you know, like, and you would just use it as like an open comms link, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I started doing that with Google, like Hangouts. Oh, wow. Like, someone's doing some shit. They have their shit on, doing something with their kids or something. I'm doing something in my garage and then randomly be like, hey, hey, dude, dude, dude. And they're like, what, what, what? <laughs> And then start just immediately talking. I don't know. I found myself reverting to these same ways of using communication. Oh, that's kind of cute. Things, I like that. Just having it passive. Like, what are you watching? Oh, okay. Yeah. What are you doing? It's like, I'm knitting or, you know, whatever you're doing, watercoloring. And then the it's like whatever yeah. room you have the hangouts open in is like your portal to the outside. So if yeah. you want to go in to <laughs> right. your bedroom or wherever your computer is and be like, what, is anyone here? Like, who's up? <laughs> <laughs> I have a different hangout in each room because I have so many friends. Yeah, um, yeah, there you go. They all want to just talk to me. Just, so they're all just waiting at my beck and call. Yeah. Uh, got my high school friends in the living room. Uh, no, that, that sounds incredibly stressful to me. Uh, but I, f- I find group text very stressful too. Yeah. So, uh, maybe I just am stressed out by everything. I think I just uh, love just calling somebody on the phone unannounced now. It's like yeah. so 90s. Yeah, it's great. it is kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I definitely used to do that. Like I had a, a girlfriend uh, when I was very young who like wanted to always talk on the phone. So I just like sit there and play video games and like wouldn't say yeah, anything. Just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, that must be yeah. hard. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, damn. Seriously? Well, no, but oh, she wasn't sorry. saying anything. I wasn't I wasn't like ignoring her. Oh, she just God. wanted to hang out on the phone. It was like there was oh, a it. daily allotment of time you had to spend on the phone to be a healthy relationship. Yeah. And this was when I was like 11, maybe. So <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. Sounds right. Maybe younger, actually. Oh. Uh, and finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Well, I've just been thinking about this a lot because I get, I'm getting, you know, multiple emails a week from Delta in the middle of all of this. I'm, um, <laughs> Unfortunately, a Delta customer, I, they have a lot of business practices that I don't agree with, but I think overall the flight experience there is just the best. Superior. And um, yeah. especially if it's like if you're doing the if you're a coastal elite who has to do New York to L.A. trips a lot, it's the best. I think it's the best way to go that way. But um, so I, I do have like a medallion status and all that. So they keep emailing being like. Like, oh, like, don't worry, you're going get, to get to keep your status into 2021. I'm like, okay, great, great, great. Because um, <laughs> that was top of my list of worries. It right. actually was like maybe <laughs> maybe middle of my list of worries, but it was up there. Right. But um, but in general, like, even though you couldn't pay me to get on a plane right now, I, and this is my, this has been my hot take for a long time, but I do think that um, f- flying and subset of that airplane food is not bad. Um, it's like some of the most huh. relax- relaxing stuff you could do. Obviously, some people have flying phobias, which is like a whole different thing. But I find, and maybe this is tied with the group text thing and being 
stressed out of my phone. I just do completely find cut off. Completely from cut off. Yeah. I mean, you can pay yeah. for your internet or whatever, but like being in a box where all I have to do is watch a movie or maybe like do some work if I want to, but like there's really no other options for me. Um, I find to be incredibly relaxing <laughs> and I kind yeah. of like, I think that some of the stuff that's like stressful about right now is that like you're kind of just bouncing around and you don't really have any like sense of direction or like, it's like, it's hard for me to watch a movie because it's just like, well, there are all these other things maybe I should be doing, but I don't know. Like, what should I be doing? Like, what's the, what do I need to do right now? And I think like not having any of those questions on the table for like a five hour flight is great. Um, I miss flying. (laughs) Cut to now the at home version of a flight where it's all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's right. all I got to do. There's no expectation to do much. You can microwave yourself yeah. a meal, watch yeah. TV. Ugh. I did see a headline that was like, three out of five Americans are using this time at home to for self-improvement. And I feel like that is an added like stressor because oh, you yeah. like it, it's the sort of thing that like I never worked longer hours than when I was working at home because you just are always on like there's never a time when you're like well i'm i i'm going home for the day yeah so you're just always on yeah. like that that same thing sort of applies to just being uh quarantined at home is like well i am not out exercising so maybe i should always be like doing something to improve yeah. myself or something yeah whereas on a flight can't do shit. Yeah. Just get I to mean, to be fair, ass. in the beginning, Emily, you're like, I don't I don't agree with their business practices. Is there any fucking airline where we're like, hell yeah, dude, you're fucking, you're not no. fucking over the <laughs> no. passengers and your employees right. with the stimulus money you just got? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah. Fucking, no. That's why I feel like, you know, this and, and any other time you would have been like, okay, you ran your, your airline into the ground and with all those stock buybacks. Um, okay. Now we're taking the airlines. We're not yeah. them. I kind of realized how evil airlines have always been. I was watching this. It was on Criterion Channel, this Howard Hawks movie, Only Angels Have Wings. I didn't even end up finishing it because it was like a little bit depressing to me. But Cary Grant is in it and he's like running a very like cheap, like a little fly by night, literally uh, airline out of South America. And like people keep dying, like his pilots just keep like crashing and dying. Um, and everybody's giving him a hard time. Like, why do you keep putting the boys up there? He's like, I've got an airline to run here. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. Yep, um, right. Yeah. It's always been a, an industry drenched in blood, I suppose. Good to know. I did not know that. <laughs> I, I oh, did remember damn. like, I did, <laughs> holy shit. I, I thought they just paid bad. I didn't realize and, and got us all sick by not cleaning the airplane. Yeah. I do remember uh, there, there was an episode of Mad Men when I think it was Pete's dad just like dies in a plane crash. Oh, yeah. And, like, that was just a thing that that happened every once in a while because planes were not great yeah. back, th- back in the day. There was a higher failure rate. And then like, the 70s, people started just hijacking planes. Like, yeah, they've always been a little bit. I-, I-, I don't know why. I've never found them stressful for me to fly on, even though intellectually I can recognize there's always been tons of risk with them. But I don't know. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into the stories of the day. Uh, mm-hmm. We have... Peter Navarro, who's not somebody I was uh, familiar with, Miles. Who can you explain who this? Just this uh, fucking 
goon, you know, fucking dude, just trade guy, went to Harvard and he's an economist. And so Trump loves that combination of words to be like, yeah, you're this. okay. you're also going to be my smart guy team. Um, But he's been out here with all kinds of dumb fucking ideas. Uh, I forget what the last time we had it. We covered one of his quotables was, but it was inevitably probably something to do with downplaying COVID-19 or no. Actually, no, one of the last times he made the news is because on CNN, he was being pressed about whether or not he could get ventilators and respirators to people on time. And he was just like dodging the question and acting like he wasn't in charge or couldn't make those decisions when he was he is. Um, So that was sort of the last times he popped up in the news. Now, again, there's been this like internal debate or not internal. There's Dr. Fauci, uh, who, as we all know, as our new, you know, Dr. Bay. Uh, who is the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, who is saying, hey, this hydroxychloroquine boner everyone has, fucking knock it off. Like, we don't know, we don't have enough data to say this is effective. Like, it's, it's, it, this is, this is not, we shouldn't be putting our attention on this. And in this fight, he's up against Peter Navarro, who is just a capitalist ghoul who likes to rage masturbate to charts of China's GDP and write books about how you can like literally words like quote vanquish the Chinese quote dragon is like in how he writes about like economics to like economic anything to do with China. So that's just, well, he sounds like a medical expert. Yeah. Yeah. So again, Fauci's like, please knock off this hydroxychloroquine thing. Like people on Fox News keep talking about it. It's not proven. Okay, we get it. Novartis paid Michael Cohen over a million dollars. I don't know if you remember that back in the Cohen days to kind of get access to Trump. I don't know if it has anything to do with that, but Novartis is the people who who make hydroxychloroquine, or at least this version. And it's, again, uh, causing a lot of harm because one person tried to make their own and died. So- He was on um, CNN and they were pressing him again about why he is like sticking his nose into this debate when you have Dr. Fauci, who is a fucking doctor uh, in in all of this. And just listen to this sort of why Peter Navarro believes that he should only listen to himself. I have to ask a question. I have to ask a question. I let you you go to four points in the beginning. I just want to follow up. You're saying a second opinion here. What are your qualifications to weigh in on medicines more than Dr. Anthony Fauci? Why should we listen to you and not Dr. Fauci? Well, let me suggest, John, that uh, later in the day you have William Grace on, another famous doctor in the city of New York. Uh, he has, uh, he can talk eloquently about this. But, John, uh, there's, doctors disagree about things all the time. My qualifications in terms of looking at the science uh, is that I'm a social scientist, I have a PhD, and I, I understand how to read statistical studies, whether it's in medicine, the law, economics, or whatever. Uh, I, I'm and, sorry, uh, that, that doesn't now, qualify you to treat well, patients. You, 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 can, you know it doesn't that, qualify that, you hang to on, treat John, patients. John, 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 John. <laughs> John, John. That's very John. T- Tom Cruise. Just, dude, just getting ethered <laughs> with that line of like, hey, that doesn't make you qualified to treat patients. John. John, 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 just John. say the yeah, say the person who disagrees Hands with up you. Hands to name. the screen. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, right. whoa. Why'd you have to go there and be like you're not qualified to see patients just because that's true? You don't have to make me look bad, John. But yeah, this is sort of what's this is the tug of war that we're seeing uh, intellectually within the White House at the moment. I feel like the main thing that uh, makes me suspect is just how completely like motivated by market forces he is. I. Like, I would 
kind of, even though it's he didn't put it correctly. Like people who are used to dealing with statistical uh, analysis are definitely have a place in in this conversation. But it just seems like I don't know. He he seems like not the person to be giving us that analysis. No, uh, at this point. now when you're talking about medical fucking treatments. Right. I mean, of course, and, though, we've been like trained for this whole moment to be in a both sides argument around like science <laughs> and around right. hundreds of thousands right. of people's lives. Like, it's like, right. well, let's we got to have some we had to have a debate going. Why do I have a healthy debate going over? It's like, no, actually, we don't like we should just hear what we have to do and do it. Like, right. Right. But it's all fuel. It's not like okay, Dr. We heard, Fauci is okay, like Dr. We heard, medicine right. woman who's like. <laughs> who's like just used to uh, frontier medicine and treating individual patients. Like this is specifically the thing that he is the foremost expert on. And so let's just let him uh, right. kind of yeah. control the message. Yeah, now that we've heard what the expert doctor has had to say, let's let the drunk yeah. racist uncle pipe up with his hot take on uh, what's real. Because, you know, I'm, I got a PhD also. So that's, I'm, I do, oh, I can't look at data and then st- to analyze it? Okay. <laughs> Freaking loser. But yeah, that's a uh, lot, of, lot of hope we've got. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I do want to look at uh, the dumbest conspiracy theory uh, currently circulating, which is the conspiracy theory linking 5G to COVID-19. Uh, it is, um, first of all, just very easy to debunk because it uh, doesn't explain how the virus spread in Iran or Japan where 5G isn't in use yet. So just if you want a quick whoa, 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 pointed whoa. way to debunk whoa. this completely. Wow, okay. <laughs> Debunking everything. Okay. <laughs> the five G I had to actually yell at my cousin for posting some shit like this on Instagram. Oh One of my, my younger God. cousins. Yeah. I was like, hey idiot, get this shit off the fucking timeline, bro. You're gonna shame the whole family with this dumb nonsense. Yeah. But I mean, in a world where like the internet is our uh connection. It's like our tether to reality when we're all like kind of off in our own little quarantine bubbles. That That is scary that, you know, people who are, you know, even young people who might be internet savvy, uh, internet savviness does not necessarily uh, help you. It, and in fact, can like fuck you up if you're, uh, you know, have have the wrong habits, I guess. Yeah, definitely. There's such a thing as too um, much in, in, uh, internet. And yeah, like, yeah, it and turns the, out. And the thing about like the internet versus newspapers or whatever is that like you can't get to the end of the internet. So when you feel like you have a story but you want more, you can always find more like less reliable <laughs> information internet. if you just keep digging. If you want, if you want more information, whether or not that's true information, yeah. you could always find it. So. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's kind of like if you watched a movie that you really liked and then it ended and you're like, fuck that. I want I want more. I want this to continue. It's like you can just go and write your own script that the sto- the screenwriter had nothing to do with. And you're like, yep, that's what this that's how this narrative ends in my right. mind based off of loose threads I'm pulling together. On it's the internet. fanfic, except with news and with. Uh... <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. I was uh, reading that. Jordan book that was written in like 1997 this is kind of off topic but like there's so many aspects of it where this old uh white writer David Halberstam's like point of view 
is like so jarringly like it seems like it's from like 60 years ago but it's just like how people viewed everything like so recently i feel like the internet just fucking uh sped things up so fast yeah sometimes in good ways and sometimes in ways that are terrifying like now we believe uh 5g causes coronavirus yeah so what Um, is this yeah so what are the mechanisms of this here i need this explained to me (laughs) Uh, so basically, they're saying that uh, the radio waves uh, exacerbate the disease um, and that because 5G... Do so they make it move faster? Do they make it vibrate? Yeah, exactly. Basically, that's that's yeah. basically the theory. And it, it all starts with this idea that 5G had just been uh, released in Wuhan, China, and that's where the first clusters started showing up. And so... Uh, they're like, well, see, ipso facto. Um, But it's also the fact that you have people like Woody Harrelson going online and sharing videos and being like, look, I haven't vetted it yet, but this is pretty compelling stuff, guys. Something Um, to think about. Sharing a video that it, yeah, something, just think about it. Uh, He shared a video that he claims was footage of Chinese citizens destroying 5G towers that was just, uh, footage of Hong Kong protesters. Yeah, I haven't fully vetted. It's just very interesting was how he put <laughs> I, it. And that post got 25,000 likes. What itch does this fucking scratch for somebody where you're like, yeah, man, exactly. 5G caused COVID-19. Like what, where, what are you capitalizing on? What sentiment are you like? I get how other conspiracy theories, like typically, you know, Conspiracy theories help people who are disenfranchised or feel like they have no power explain a situation or their right. own powerlessness. But I don't understand how someone's like, yeah, man, it's that fucking 5G, man. Like, I don't, it's, it's so. It's super odd. like tin hat stuff. It's like, it's like the movie yeah, right. Safe. It's like very, like, it, it doesn't even, it feels almost like, like sub political because it's just like classic conspiracy theory type stuff. And it's just, and then, so what, the takeaway is that, like, the government is allowing this to happen because they want us to die, because they're going to, like, Thanos the population or something? Is that... Yeah, I <laughs> I think that's probably, you know, varying forms of that. I think that's where it sort of differs across the political <laughs> divide, because you do have Q spreading this, and then people like Woody Harrelson, yeah. who are less... Uh, but it started with a video with a guy in a MAGA hat, uh, basically that got millions and millions of views. And there's the thing that they keep being able to point to is places with 5G are also like hotspots for the disease, but it's just Mm -hmm. because places with 5G have, yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's the same thing with saying that it's like an, it's like immigrants or something. It's like, yeah, because cities have a higher immigrant population in general. Hey man, you said it, not me, man. (laughs) Hey man, I knew Uh, it was 5G. (laughs) Even before the bears, I knew it was I knew it was them. <sighs> Remember that <laughs> Mo when um, he was blaming the immigrants. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, Putin was actively trying to stoke fears over five G with a disinformation campaign in 2019. So people are thinking this might be his work, and also in keeping with past works by Putin, uh, Facebook is completely unwilling to stop it. They have decided uh, they will start removing stories about 5G causing coronavirus, but, quote, only if they will cause physical harm. Otherwise, they try to fact check it and add a warning because Facebook what do you have is to fact completely check about fucking this nonsense. Useless. I just, yeah. oh, God. But Ugh. also, like, who, 
How does he, even if it is Putin, how does he benefit from a misinformation campaign on it just to get as many, I guess, idiots incited as possible? In my mind, I like to think Putin is a 5G hater. Well, he's just under undermining any form of uh, yeah, stability, you know, authority and stability in the country. Yeah. But then it's like, how would he get his ideas out there without our 5G? <laughs> Ah. Oh, like it seems a little bit like shooting yourself in the foot. I don't know. But I think it's just coming from the same, like anything that can upset the standard narrative is good for him because it sows dissent and it like upends, you know, the standard order of like how, how uh, Western society works. And I think that's also what people are looking for because they're bored. Like they they have right. so much time on their hands, and there's like a, a right. sense that there there are ways that the government is totally fucking this up and is responsible for you know people dying, but it's not in interesting ways. So this is like sort of a proxy that makes it easier to wrap your mind around and gives you like a big central lie that you can kind of be be in on rather than just having to read a bunch about bureaucracy and how uh how it actually this, got fucked up. This is the thing that kills me though about like Q people is that you're so close. You're so close. <laughs> right, right. Like right. they are trying to yeah. kill us. And I would argue it is actually pretty interesting. Uh, <laughs> right. Like a pretty interesting yeah. way to try to kill us or to just like be so negligent that it basically constitutes mass manslaughter. Like that is happening. It's just like you're you've chosen the wrong heroes in this story, and like, but you have every reason to be wary of the powers that be. You know, being capable of atrocities. That's very real. <laughs> it's yeah. just right. Yeah. Uh, so it's so crazy. You have to do such mental gymnastics to to get yourself there. I think. Uh, all right, we're gonna take another quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back, and uh, Tiger King, Emily's favorite. I think she said favorite film, favorite thing ever. I seminal, film. seminal docu series. <laughs> uh, Isn't every Netflix docu series a seminal docu series? I mean, one hundred. Yes. I mean, that's how that's how we talk about it up in the C suite at Netflix. I mean, like guys, that's what we do, man. Everything we do is seminal. This is not a seminal vesicle. It's a seminal vehicle. <laughs> For the seminal documentate documentaries, documentaries. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Like, fuck that up. <laughs> documentaries. Yeah. So there is a rumor out that there will be one more Tiger King episode to really close the loop. Uh, uh, do we know anything about what what this episode is going to focus on? Not really. I mean, like Jeff Lowe, the dude who looks like short David Morse. Uh, he like in a cameo video, like revealed that there was something coming up. Netflix has neither confirmed nor denied, but it seems possible. And it's weird because like a lot of this information like broke on Justin Turner's wife's pod, Justin Turner who plays for the Dodgers, his uh, wife has a podcast. I don't know. Like it, the, the chain right, of information is all story over the place. <laughs> at all anymore. This well, it's the... in like, but all the, you know, like Deadline, everyone's been talking about it because of this. And I think right, a lot of it has to do with the starved. fact that net, 
Netflix didn't un, it wasn't unequivocal on being like, no, nah, that's that's a fucking joke or a lie. But I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know what itch you could scratch at this point with another episode of this. Yeah, we certainly don't need another yeah, one. I I didn't follow it to the end, so I don't know what happens. But I feel like um, I I don't know. I feel like people have almost already forgotten about it. We're already at that point, so they got to hurry up if they. Right. They want to get it in there. Yeah. I mean, I think this could be an example of what we were talking about, where after you watch a movie, if you want to like find more information on it, like you have to create more information on it. And so uh, <laughs> because the world is starved for more information on Tiger King, they're like, there's going to be another episode. And Jeff Lowe, sure enough, like the guy who is the in a, in a show that is about just unbelievably like dishonest <laughs> just shady yeah. characters is the most shady dishonest character of them all <laughs> he's our source for this piece of information <laughs> we're all like yep yeah i'll buy it yeah, i don't know yeah that's why, i don't know yeah. man take take everything out of jeff lowe's mouth with a grain of salt but yeah that's why for yeah. me i'm like even if I'm not overly invested in it. The only thing I'm interested about Tiger King is if if uh, David Spade will play him. Uh, Joe yeah. <laughs> take everything out of Jeff Lowe's mouth uh, with a grain of salt, but take what is on top of his head as a fashion instruction. I don't know if you guys want to talk about the fact that I'm rocking the bandana with a uh, baseball trucker cap hat. look. But yeah. yeah, with trucker hat. But that is my new look. Uh, I'm yeah, to dude, that that gold cross dangle earring that you have is also fucking <laughs> legit, dude. <laughs> fucking dope. Uh, all right, let's talk about high school students. Uh, I saw yeah. some r- riding around my neighborhood on uh, <laughs> bird scooters the other day. <laughs> uh, yes, what? on Sunday. That sentence. <laughs> Just, Let's talk about uh, high schoolers. I, I saw a couple of them. I've seen some. I've seen some. I've seen them. They're on I the TikToks. Uh, no, but, you know, they know that they're not supposed to be hanging out together, but they probably, like, I, I feel like I can forgive uh, teenagers more than any other type of person for breaking the social guidances that we've been given yeah yeah their brains are not that i recommend it anybody under 21 you gotta pass you don't have a fully formed brain we are sorry for you that's Uh, yeah that's why you're a moron who's like hey if i get corona dude i get corona yeah yeah it's like the universe begins and ends with me i cannot conceive of my actions affecting anybody else i am a teenager uh, and i know everything already so actually it doesn't matter what an expert says because i already knew that so is trump a teenager (laughs) is he like has some kind of big situation happened with him yeah exactly (laughs) that That actually all lines up yeah who was so toxic because they never could admit they were wrong yeah whatever happened to him like he's president Oh my God! He made a Why wish on shit? on Coney Island <laughs> <laughs> to that Zoltar machine. Yeah. The, the so like there's this article in Wired where um one of the editors there was just sort of like talking to their own high school student kid and also like got them thinking about speaking to other ones. And th- there's been a lot of write ups about this just because in general, like especially for high school seniors right now, this is the weirdest fucking event ever you're this is typically the fucking home stretch senioritis is about to fully envelop your brain where you do fuck all because you've either you know you know we're probably going to college 
you got the prom, you got the whatever, and now none of that shit is happening. And like, so there's a very select group of kids who I think who are mourning that very specific yeah. experience. And then, yeah. and then everyone else in between who sort of like lost the structure of academia where like academia gives you the fuel to need your friends to like make your friend group even more like to, to improve it and strengthen it because you have this like shared struggle of going through school together. Yeah. And also like just psychologically, like, they have amplified, as a uh, psychologist was saying, amplified innate developmental motivations that make them hard to isolate at home. The hormonal changes that come with puberty conspire with adolescent social dynamics to make them highly attuned to social status and peer groups. So, like, their food is gone in, yeah. in, in a way. Like, their yeah. social food. Yeah. Yeah. I saw um, Andrew T., uh, who's been a former guest on our, our podcast, talking about, like, watching two teens sneak out and like have a, a secret meeting at night oh yeah that tweet yeah <laughs> when he's like i'm simultaneously like the bad guy and the hero yeah like i'm the hero of right. a zombie movie and the villain in a teen romance like <laughs> yeah i can't imagine what it would be like to be a teenager right now because at first i really thought when this the outbreak was first happening. I was like, damn, they're closing schools. I'm like, I wonder, I probably would have loved that as a teenager, obviously before fully understanding of what like the, the human death toll would be. Yeah. But like very myopically being like, Oh, that would be pretty cool. If like, you didn't have to go to school forever. And then realizing, wait, that's from my perspective now, from what I thought I wanted then. And then yeah. I sort of realized my generational bubble too. of just being like, Oh yeah, dude, I don't know what the fuck this is like for, teens and i'm sure many listeners too have there are a lot of listeners who have younger kids or teenage kids who are like yeah this yeah. is happening all the time yeah yeah i was gonna say i don't know what andrew did at the end of that tweet if he uh talked right. to them i called the cops on those kids who were driving around in bird scooters <laughs> and just let let the cops know that you know that oh my these god kids are don't out call here. the cops the cops are the most <laughs> annoying thing right now the cops are just oh, like circling on. around like I, I was I was trying to go to pick up like uh, some people some very nice people on Twitter had left out some stuff for me somebody left out some beans for me somebody left out some thermometers for me so I was like going to make these pickups and I was like driving through Silver Lake. And like there were these, I was stuck behind a cop car that was going like five miles an hour. And like, I was just, I had nowhere to go. Like I could only just like tail, tailgate them basically. And it's just like, mm. what are they doing? They're just like trying to enrage me right now. Cause they have like nothing else to do because for the most part right now, at least, you know, everybody's at home. There's not chaos in the streets or anything. Right. Yeah. It's just important that these teens see them, you know? The teens oh, see them boy. and know they're out there paying yeah. attention. That's what All I, it takes is one of these jerks to hurt themselves in my driveway. <laughs> yeah. And I'm and I can lose my house. <laughs> uh, oh my god. See why is this making us all senior citizens so yeah. much earlier than I we know. should be? It's really oh, sad. Um they're jerks. Um, they're all jerks these kids. Yeah. All right. Well, teens, we we feel for you. Uh, hang in there. You know, you use each other. Use any resources you can for you know mental health yeah. uh, purposes. Because and you know if you're if you don't want to talk to your parents about it, just let them know that you need somebody to talk to, and I'm sure they'll find a way to, or hopefully they'll find a way to 
get you some some resource because yeah. yeah this this sucks and it's totally understandable that this would be incredibly difficult for you guys to deal with. But don't um, go out and kiss your girlfriend or boyfriend and then bring back COVID right. to your family. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and if yeah, you have any friends, because we all have friends who live with grandparents, think about them because yeah. they have to go home to a family or yeah. people in the home who are at risk. That's yeah. the other thing. It's like, whew, yeah. please be safe. Also, okay. I'm all gonna, the teens that listen to the Daily Zeitgeist. Yeah. But, but okay, so I'm going to extend this, though, to the adults that listen to the Daily Zeitgeist. Okay. Because- I am very aware of many people who are still seeing their significant others, their non-living significant others through all this. And I would just like to mm. say right now, cut that shit out. Cut it out. Do not do it. It's not cool. I just read some like, what the like cut sex diary about the girl who's like roommate kept inviting guys over, like mo- different guys. It's oh like, no. God, and this is in New York City too. It's just like, stop. Like everybody just be like, you don't have the excuse anymore of being a teenager. And also if you have a roommate, you're putting that person in danger. Don't be a fucking idiot right now. I was curious, like, you know, if people who have like sex addictions, what that, you know, like how there's really, you can't exercise any caution, especially if you're like, your brain is running on like, I need to be with intimate immediately. The thing that I've seen just with your comment about like uh, uh, significant others do you know people who are like have been together for years but have separate places and are like isolating away from each other even though they see I, I know a few couples where I'm like, how are y'all not living together already? Right. And even through this are like half quarantining in your own places, but you're yeah. in a real Yeah. Um, anyway. I mean, That's just a little goss from me. I have close friends who are doing this, and I've just done, said everything I can, and it's just like, okay, well, they're like, but we're not seeing anybody else. It's only, it's like I, I know she hasn't been anywhere. I'm just like, you don't know right. that. You don't know she, if yeah. you're not seeing, if you're not living with her, you don't know what she's doing. Like Ooh, um, that Rona drama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where you been fucking around? You got me sick. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be difficult on young people. It's got to be difficult on young relationships, too, because that's yeah. that's a lot to uh, persevere through. I think of myself in high school and the lengths I already went to, like, meet up with my girlfriend. I can yeah. only imagine yeah. what teenagers now like the kinds of fucking like tactics, uh, like special forces tactics oh, yeah. they're using to, like, escape their homes to, like, meet up. Ah. And teenagers are like built right to themselves. break rules. Like if you set a rule down, like a teenager is just like, okay, how can I circumvent this? Like that's yeah. the first instinct. It's just, um, but in this case, yeah, kind of got a knot. Kind of got a knot. Mm. I think that's a good <laughs> place to leave it. Uh, Emily, it's been a pleasure having you. Where can people find you, follow you, hear you? I am on Twitter at Emily Oshida. Uh, I'm also on the Night Call podcast right here on this here network. Um, and that's at Night Call Pod on Twitter. And we've got new episodes yeah, every Monday and bonus episodes on our Patreon. So we've got a lot of content coming. That's where you can find me for the most part. Uh, and is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Um, oh, yeah. I got to bring this one up. It's, a, it's sort of hard. It's an image one. But it was just a picture of a um, like a reader board outside of a church. One of those, and all it says is uh, Jesus six o'clock parking lot, 
And the tweet is, is this church going to whoop Jesus's ass? (laughs) 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 I send it, but yeah, Uh, it's pretty good. It's like, you know, I can't, I guess they're still having, like, this is a church that's still having services, like outdoor services or something. Like, yeah, the parking lot meetups where people are, yeah. Um, yeah, hey, my, my mom the Lord is, is present, uh, you know, a member of a church. Yeah. My mom is a member of a church. They've been doing zoom meetings. It has zoom Palm Sunday service. You know, it's all possible. Mm. You can be safe. There we go. So, yeah. yeah. Everything is possible through him. I mean, I have the blood <laughs> on Christ, of Christ and, on me right yeah. now. That's why I don't wear a mask. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, maybe that's, that's Miles, the teens. Like the, the teens are all just evangelical Christians. All the teens who are going mm. out, they just believe they're yeah. indestructible with the power of Christ. So power of Christ, the blood of Christ on them. That's what protects them, actually. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I don't need an N95 mask. Um, you can find me, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and PlayStation Network at Miles of Gray, G-R-A-Y. Uh, and also my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance, talking about the show, 90 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra. Uh tweet I like is from a frequent guest and sometimes Quar co-host Jamie Loftus at Jamie Loftus help. If you know anything about her personal brand is she loves American girl dolls. Um, And she tweeted this image out that it's so funny. She said, so excited. I've been chosen to write the new American girl dolls for the pandemic era. Love to live through a historical event. And she has four dolls, but like just crudely put on like masks on them. So one's called Elsie who has started talking to inanimate objects (laughs) Then there's Opal, <laughs> who has fled to her parents' estate. <laughs> there's also Alexis, the essential worker, who has fucking had it. And finally, Rarity, frantically posting thought pics and going on social distancing dates. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. Uh, Morgan Murphy tweeted... Hi, this is my joke and my dog. His name is Jack. May I have a car, please? Because Elon Musk stole one of her tweets, just took a screen cap of it, uh, and with no attribution, tweeted, so proud, which doesn't even make sense. Uh, the, the original tweet was, my dog got a haircut, and now it looks like he gave up drinking, which I think is actually a really good description <laughs> of like the difference between a, a dog pre and post haircut. <laughs> but... But Elon Musk not only tried, so he just screen capped it, retweeted the image of the screen cap with so proud. So with the implication being that he, it was his dog and his joke. Like what the fuck? So yeah, Morgan Murphy tweeted, hi, this is my joke and my dog. His name is Jack. May I have a car, please? And then he accused Morgan Murphy of being a pedophile. Yeah, and then he was like, all right. Wait, he accused Morgan Murphy of being a pedophile because of that? No, because he said that to that no, English no, he, diver. Oh, oh, oh the right, right, right. Cave kids were, like, and he was talking <laughs> shit. He goes, yeah, you're a pedophile. It's like, oh, my oh, God. Yeah, Elon. Truly our greatest mind. I know, one of the greats. Uh, And then Jasmine Hughes tweeted, all respect to the woman who just leaned out the window of her apartment and screamed, I'm bored. (laughs) (laughs) I respect that. (laughs) You can find me on Twitter, Jack underscore O'Brien. 
You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song We Ride Out on Miles. What is that going to be? Uh, let's go out on a track by The Frighteners, which is a band. Uh, we've done, I think, one song uh, from them before. They are, you know, great, great uh, band. They play their instruments like real life people. And you've heard them like they come from all kinds of bands like Antiballus, the Dap Kings, just everywhere. These are these guys are solid musicians. Uh, but this is them doing a little bit more, you know, of, uh, of some reggae, some classic rock steady type shit. And this is from uh, their album that came out a couple years ago called, no- called Nothing More to Say. And this track is called Till Then, because till then. Well, we'll be signing off. But yeah, this is a great song. Their whole album is great. It sounds like it was recorded 50 years ago. Um, and it just, it goes. So check that out. Good, good environmental music. All right. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us for this morning. We will be back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we will talk to you then. Bye. Bye. I never chose to love so sweet a rose. I suppose I